This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free For All Friday, this just in breaking news. Wow, things are just moving so quickly these days. So as you heard in Bob's news first, an announcement that uh, all the restrictions, pandemic restrictions will be lifted soon. But he didn't say exactly when soon is. He just said soon. So, um, as I've been saying, oh, gee, for more than a week now, it's happening. It's coming. It's happening. And uh, we have to just be a little more patient. But the other big news, emergency measures. You know, all kinds of people have been urging the premier to act. They've been urging every level of government to act. Yesterday, we were talking to the mayor of Sarnia. It's, uh, you know, people this has to stop, and they've got to stop with the jurisdictional finger-pointing. So the question is, are the things that Doug Ford just announced minutes ago, will they work? Because the people who remain in these convoys blockading uh, residents, preventing trade from going through, they don't seem to care. But he said, hey, uh, you can get up to a year in jail for illegally having your rig impeding the trade, the fines, $100,000, you can lose your vehicle. And he even picked up on a suggestion made by Andrea Horvath on this show a couple of days ago, where she said, pull their commercial licenses. Uh, he said the province is looking into that, and he has asked them all to leave. So we'll see if anything changes. The people who are dug in, I don't know, they seem to be to be spoiling for a fight. And who knows? That's what me mend. That's what we may end up with. Uh, I have other things that I want to bring up, but first, let's get to the phones on this. Beginning with Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Well, Libby, thanks for taking my call. I uh, listened intently to the conversations yesterday, and um, my uh, my my brilliant son in Montreal, there, Concordia, says. I was thinking about doing time limits. We've got to find a way to stop these things going forward because these people are emboldened now. I don't, this has gone past being just something about the trucker convoy. Um, with money coming in from the U.S., um, he thinks it's, it's got more to do with the far right wing conservatives and guys like Maxime Bernier federally, Randy Hillier, and even Faith Goldie municipally. Um, gathering speed like they do in the U.S. with the QAnon. But how do we stop these things from these people from getting emboldened and doing this on other occasions? Uh, good question. Uh, good questions. It also seems to have sparked similar actions around the world. Uh, so we'll see how this turns out. I mean, the best way is to prevent it. And I have to say, you know, knock whatever here. Toronto seems to be doing really well at doing that. It's a, a little inconvenient. They're closing major streets, but uh, it, we don't have to deal with what the others are having to deal with, but we will have ramifications about all the things that are not going through uh, the Ambassador Bridge. Well, how do we... Um, my son studies all this stuff anyway, but he, I said, well, what about doing time limits on some of these things? And he says, it's never passed the charter. He says, you're not going to be able to legislate this from a federal point of view. This has to be provincially and, and municipally um, laws passed to limit the um, these uh, these 
uh, protests. Well, the cabinet is meeting uh, tomorrow, and uh, that's what they intend to do. I don't think they're looking at time limits. They're looking at making it illegal to basically stop other people from living their lives and stop trade. Let me give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We have just had major news. Uh, First, the Premier announcing that all pandemic restrictions will be coming off soon, though he didn't say when soon is, and uh, also declaring a state of emergency. Uh, Does it feel like we're living in a state of emergency and the cabinet will meet tomorrow to uh, pass through some orders that will make it illegal for those truckers or those big trucks that remain to keep doing what they're doing to block trade, to harass people. They uh, are putting in fines of up to $100,000, possibly up to a year in jail. They're telling people they could lose their licenses or lose their rigs. I think the uh, the question of losing their licenses, which I first heard from Andrea Horvath, I don't think uh, that they're set on that. They said they're looking at it. So, um, again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, Let's go to Jesse in Collingwood. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Libby. Um, I'm just wondering why it took Doug Ford so long to even address this properly, but he is giving in to these people who are holding the rest of us hostage. It's costing people downtown Ottawa their jobs. They're costing them uh, their freedom to walk walk around without listening to all these stupid horns blowing. And yet, um, if, if I decided that, okay, I'm not going to wear a seatbelt, I'm not going to stop at red lights, I would be fined. You're absolutely, I, you're, I, I you're right about that point. I don't, how do you see him giving in to these people? I don't really see that. Well, you know, all of a sudden he's he's decided that okay, we're going to, we're going to lift all the rules on on the pandemic. Uh, I see uh, that as a sign of giving in. Okay, the- well, I I'll just say that um the medical authorities and yesterday we had Kieran Moore and and who knows what the discussion between them was saying it's time even Teresa Tam has said it's time to start thinking about it. Uh, I don't think that she is necessarily on board with removing the vaccine passports. Uh, everybody says we'll keep masking. But, uh, you know, my take on that part is that that was in the offing anyway. And I'm glad he didn't say when soon is because, you know, the, you can't do it in response to those protesters. Uh, you know, criticism of, of, him taking his time is fair, but I, I would have to say it is all levels of government. They're all passing the buck. Uh, they are all passing the buck. Federal, municipal, provincial. And, uh, you know, the one thing they keep saying, which is true, is that they can't direct the police. All of them. Well, they can't. Maybe they can't can't direct the police, but they certainly could could come out with some laws. And I would like to know um, afterwards how many of these people really end up paying fines. How many people lose lose their trucks because you know they say, oh, they could be um, liable to a year in jail, fines up to one hundred thousand. We never hear how many have been fined. And how many lose their their trucks or uh, okay, or whatever? Jesse, thanks for your call. Uh, they've got to be charged and convicted first of those offenses, and the offenses there are going to be orders haven't even come to effect yet. Their cabinet is meeting tomorrow. 
to do that. I guess they're hoping that with this that are at overhanging, they'll leave. We have yet to see that. Um, and you can disagree with me, but I say, you know, both federal government, provincial government, uh, and even some municipal governments and, uh, you know, uh, the, the first big fail, the Ottawa police force failed to take this seriously. They did not have the right intelligence. And if they had, it wouldn't have come to this point, at least not in Ottawa. And we heard from the mayor of Sarnia yesterday. We've heard from uh, the, the, the mayor of Windsor. You know, municipalities in this province don't have a lot of power. And they only have the resources that they have. And it's, you know, it's an embarrassment that U.S. Homeland Security has offered to help us with this. That would be really bad. But um, I digress. They can all share the blame. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Jane in Niagara. Hi, Jane. Hi. With this mandate coming in, Libby, will shop owners and uh, restaurants be able to uh, put a sign out, masks mandatory? I don't want to go shopping in a in a store with no masking or into a restaurant without masking. Um, they've said that masking will continue. So uh, let's hope so. First of all, a private store can do what they want beyond, you know, they can't say I'm not, I'm not enforcing masks, but if it's not a provincial rule, they could say you need masks to enter my store. However, they're allowed to do that. Yeah. I mean, they can't, they can't say, no, I'm not going to do what the provincial order is, but they can say I'm going to go beyond it. But, but the authority, everybody said masking is going to continue. It's the vaccine passports. And frankly, uh, the other day I was talking to Dr. Peter Uni and I asked him, I said, well, you know, uh, I want to be comfortable that if I'm in a restaurant, everybody is vaccinated. And he said, well, you know what? With Omicron, unless they call fully vaccinated the third shot, it doesn't really matter because two shots doesn't really protect you from getting infected, still infects you from severe disease. So, yeah, uh, I have to say I, I agree. I like the vaccine passport. Yeah, but, I do too. But that's me. <laughs> okay, Jane, thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, let us go to Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hi, good morning, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Okay, good, good. Thank you. I was just telling, um, you know, your producer, uh, like from all the heels, you know, that you want to fight for, this is the dumbest heel you want to fall for. I mean, they're talking about freedom, individual rights and everything else. I mean, for me, I can't figure it out. Maybe other people can figure it out, but putting mask on or, you know, having your vaccine set is not a huge, huge deal that you have to, like, you know, sacrifice your life, livelihood or lifestyle for it. And I was, uh, I was thinking, like, you know, construction workers, for instance, they can come and say, hey, we are not going to come to the project sites with the safety boots and safety hats and everything is starting tomorrow. They're going to fire them. They're going to say, hey, you don't want to come? You're fired. That's it. That's the way it goes, you know. Or doctors, we don't want to wash hands before any oper- any operation, you know, or we don't want to have PPE on. I mean, these are like, you know, procedural things that they are making a huge deal. I understand a lot of people have lost jobs due to the pandemic, you know, but uh, it's a vaccine and mask and things like that are prevention. They are not the cause of their loss of business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ab- so, absolutely. And truckers... Uh, have not lost jobs. They have plenty of work, and yeah, like in the, shipping, shipping, shipping business is like doubled and tripled. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, because of the, you know, like Amazon and other companies that they're, uh, you know, they're selling online and everything else. So basically, basically, what I'm saying is that if they're really, really into freedom, individual freedom, and uh, you know, other issues that they care about, there are millions of topics they can go. You know. But they pick this, I, you know, uh, somebody got to sit down and, and think about this. Why is this 
uh, you know, fringe cause is so important for some folks. I don't know. They don't want to wear masks. You know what I'm saying? If you're a model, beautiful face, you don't want, you want to show a face. You know, I understand, you know, like God, just put a mask on. If you go somewhere, that's part of a regulation. You are into trucking. Trucking means inter international border trade. And that comes with your job. That means you follow the rules of each government that you travel to. I mean, each territory that you travel to. So, you know, if, if one government says, you know, trucks under, let's say, two feet high, they can't come in through this, and you follow it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's like uh, news, uh, uh, you know, some issue uh, for some people. But then, you know, you got to follow the rules. I'm not saying you follow the rules like a zombie, but what I'm saying is that this comes with the job. Exactly. And, uh, you know, exactly, so, Sam. Thanks so much for your call. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, and uh, that's the other thing about all of this is that even if Canada abolished the vaccine mandate for truckers, they they can't get into the other side because the U.S. has the same regulation. And uh, probably a big part of it is just trying to make sure that the rules are the same going both ways. Uh, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with more. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. Boy, uh, so much to talk about. We have a state of emergency in the province of Ontario. On top of that state of emergency declared in Ottawa, the cabinet, the provincial cabinet, is going to meet to put in some orders with really tough penalties for those truckers or others who continue to block the bridges where we do most of our trade, harass people, and prevent them from going about their daily lives. So the question is, will that work? Uh, A lot of these people seem pretty impervious. So, you know, I guess it's, uh, you know, we have to wait and see if this is going to work. And if people don't leave voluntarily, how will it be resolved? The big thing that every level of government says is that they cannot direct the police. And that's important in a democracy. You know, uh, we don't want Tiananmen Square here. But, um, you know, this is really an untenable situation. So we will have to see how this plays out. And if this works better than anything that has been done or not done so far. Let's go to Dorothy in Oakville. Hi, Dorothy. Hello? Dorothy? Nope. No Dorothy. Okay, Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Hi, Libby. Are we not missing one of the most important issues? The reason we're doing this, as far as mandates, etc., is to save lives. And that seems to have been lost on these people. It, you know, we've got to get back to that. And the concern I have is that the politicians are going to move away from listening to the scientists and open up earlier because of this. And, um, you know, we all know that it's taken far too long, and we can get on to that, but I have an interesting solution. When these people are um, arrested and given sentence, my suggestion would be that they have to work in the ICU unit for three or four days, fully gowned, and they'll see why we're doing these things, why we're trying to keep other people alive. It's as simple as that. <laughs> if I were in the ICU, I wouldn't want them anywhere well, near no, me. They can, but, but they can be carrying out the dead bodies or, or, or doing the bedpans. Uh, but, I mean, seriously, we, we have failed to communicate properly with these people. Well, I don't think any communication is going to help with them, quite frankly. Well, I but... would hope, but I mean, <laughs> I'm looking for a solution. Okay, we... good luck with that then. Thanks, Pat. All right. Who is next here? Ken in Oakville, you want to talk about license stickers, okay? 
This is another, I figure it's another Ford boondoggle coming to fruitation. Uh, part of these, part of my fee of paying my $120 is to ensure that that guy that's also on the highway with me has insurance. When you buy your sticker, you cannot buy it without showing proof of insurance. If they eliminate these stickers, who is going to say that that person out on the highway with you has insurance? And that guy coming towards you is going to smash your car up. Who's going to Who's going to Who's going to say he has insurance to cover your damage? Well, it's it's not just that. It's it's to pay fines, all kinds of fines, uh, uh, which are important for the municipalities. Parking fines, other kinds of fines. That's what a lot of people have pointed out. You know, this whole thing I think was just a trial balloon. So we'll see if it goes forward. Ken, thank you for your call. Let me give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let us go to Peter and Fergus. Hi, Peter. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm well, thank you. You're a first-time caller? We'll give you the bell. Yeah, so... Um, I'll probably kind of go counter narrative to some of your other callers here. Um, a lot of what I'm hearing is just fear stacked on top of fear and I get it and I respect it. I just think, I really think there's, there's a really complex convoluted issue at hand here. It's really not as clear cut as everyone thinks. The vaccine passports are not a guarantee of safety. They're not a guarantee of not catching COVID, not having severe COVID. That's just been the narrative in the media over and over. A lot of the new science coming out now is that showing how ineffective lockdowns are, how ineffective masks are. And this is coming from someone who is not anti-mask, not anti-vaccine. I just like to balance things out and really look at the, the collection of really the science. The fear in your caller's voice is palpable. Well, they have, uh, calls, they have reason to fear uh, with... Uh, but you guys they have reason to fear. And I appreciate your point of view. You don't think those things work, but the science says that it, and it depends for what the science keeps changing people. Uh, and you have to see that. And on the vaccine passports, we had Dr. Peter Uni saying that unless uh, you mandate a third dose for those passports, they aren't going to work with Omicron. I have not seen anything that says that it doesn't protect you against severe disease, but doesn't in terms of infection, he's right. It doesn't really work. And that may be why it is going to be lifted sometime soon. Okay. Uh, let's go to Jeff in Toronto. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Living. Um, I was, uh, observing the, um, the um, the rally, and a lot of what I hear on the local news is uh, false. I'm hearing that they're violent and hostile, but in fact, they're not. Well, uh, I don't know what part of it you've seen. Uh, I have talked to people who have experienced this firsthand. Immigrant workers in hotels who are called names people who are wearing masks being uh, assaulted, basically, because they're wearing their masks. Uh, if you were in your home and you had 24-hour honking, uh, there's that young girl in Ottawa who brought an injunction and she measured it at 85 decibels. That's in my mind, that's assault. So, so uh, yes, uh, at least initially, there were all kinds of people there for very good reasons, making their political point. Now, but it's now, beyond regards, that. Well, with regards to to someone telling me something, I mean, anyone can say anything. There's no beef between uh, the uh, freedom fighters and uh, healthcare workers. I don't know who made that up, but allegedly it was the police only for the police to dispel that rumor, reliable slander, and defamation of character. Huh. Um, I, I have I have no idea what you're referring to. There have been cases of assault. There is that honking, which apparently has now stopped, and they're preventing people from uh, getting their livelihood. I, I hear you speaking about livelihood, but for two years, our livelihood has been put 
um, to death, and it's overreach, it's overkill, and um, the truth sets us free. A lot of people are being held hostage with lies, rumors, propaganda, which warps our perceptions, but then controls our mind and our actions. Okay. Uh, I think that might be happening to you, Jeff. Uh, and uh, it, to me, it makes no sense to say the government has overreached. Okay, that's uh, that's a reasonable point of view. And to say, I want to protest against it. Okay, it, it to a certain extent. And you, the solution is, hey, there's an auto worker who hasn't been hurt or who has not been hurt as much as me. So I'm going to shut him down and prevent him or her from making a living because that's what they're doing. Uh, they're saying, I'm mad. So I'm going to make it really harder for everyone else. Cause, uh, you know, do you think that they are hurting Justin Trudeau in that way? No. And and here's another thing that that I keep getting, and I'm I'm looking at some of the emails we get, and some of them say, "You're criticizing these people." I never hear Justin Trudeau criticized. So, if you never hear Justin Trudeau criticized, you are certainly not listening to this program. We criticize him all the time. We don't call him names, uh, and we don't certainly don't carry F Trudeau flags. But uh, we criticize Justin Trudeau all the time, along with the others, when they deserve it. Okay, enough from me. Let's get back to the calls. Okay, another first-time caller, Patrick in Waterloo. Hi, Patrick. Hi, how's it going? Fine. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, uh, I just had a question. Um, why are you so hostile um, when... Uh, another opinion comes out that's in support of this rally. I'm not. I, I'm not uh, hostile to an opinion. Uh, what I get hostile to is when people uh, push misinformation, right? No, and especially on the medical side, I'm really up on this stuff. So when somebody gets on and saying it's not true that masks help anything or whatever they say i do you're right uh but if you're if you want to say oh i am in support of of the protesters go ahead and say it um uh, but and also don't say that that they haven't hurt people they have all right and by the way that caller you told the producer something completely different you can disagree with me and you can tell the producer the truth about what you want to talk about okay rachel in brampton hi rachel hi happy new year <laughs> uh, thanks <laughs> uh it's just, I, I, I was just telling you producer it's like they they, they call themselves freedom freedom Convoy or freedom, they have no idea not having freedom. I mean, I came from a third world country where no freedom uh, because who you are or a political belief, and you, you know, they have freedom. That's why they're, you know, they uh, striking or demonstrating the whole two weeks. And all they've been asked is get the vaccine. And they didn't take their job away. Uh, basically, say, like, get your vaccine and then you go back to your work, you know. People lost their job because, you know, just, you know, they get vaccinated and they still don't have a job. They have a job. You know what I mean? It's uh, like all they have to do is mask and vaccinate. Simple things. I've been striking for two weeks and saying freedom. Yeah. And, and well, the other thing like is they if they're crossing the border, they need to be vaccinated. They right, can't get, get into the U.S. <laughs> they're mad. <laughs> they're they're I mad. I think I think it's you know a whole grab bag of things that people are mad about. Uh, exactly. And plus, plus, imagine if they, the government doesn't have a vaccine for them. Uh, what would happen? Like the you know they have lots of vaccines. Like I explained to you where I come from, one percent of the population have vaccines. Where do you come from? Where do you come from? I'm from Ethiopia. Yeah, um, like one percent. My mom, she's in her 80s, and she finally got vaccine, right? Yeah. Like, she have left her house, like, for um, almost a year. I, you know? I know. That's that's a whole other thing that we've talked about here, that yeah. we won't stop the variants until we vaccinate the world, and we are really fortunate. Right, fortunate. Like, really fortunate. One person, like, explained. 
So I I really don't support it. Like I'm saying, I can demonstrate that's the democracy, but not to the point that preventing other people uh, and uh, blocking things okay. and not for two weeks. You know. Thank uh, you very much for taking my call. Thank you, Rachel. Let's go to Jerry and Markham. Hi, Jerry. Hi. I just to see what's going on. I, I have a couple of thoughts on it. One of the thoughts from the protest is that, and I've spoken to a few people, they feel that they're being, their freedoms are being violated. Their body is their temple. They, they, they feel they should have control what goes into their body. If they get sick, they get sick. I had the vaccines, and I still got sick, which goes to show it's not foolproof. And as far as the protest goes, I'm a trucker myself. Uh huh. Are you working now? Agree, or are you? Yeah, I stay local. I agree in principle with what their problem is, but not in what they're doing. I was in a protest about 20 years ago. You might remember it or not. We shut down all the 400 highways around Toronto for 30 hours because we had an issue with the, with the Department of Transport pertaining to age. And, and in 30 hours, they caved in and they gave us what we want. We left one lane open on the highways, 400 highways, for emergency vehicles and that. And we got what we wanted. If they did the same thing, they probably would get maybe what they wanted without causing all the turmoil that they're doing. What you're I don't saying agree with the turmoil. You're saying that the government should cave? We don't even know what they want. No. It's a whole grab bag, but I don't think they know what they want because a lot of the problem there and I've seen this in other things there, professional agitators come up from the states and they mix in with them and they get them fired up and they get them riled up and then everybody gets caught up in the web. Right. And this has happened in Washington, it's happened in other at other times. You don't see the truckers in the states ganging up on on who is it? Biden, the president. There, they're not ganging up on him, saying we don't want we don't want the vaccine. Uh, yeah, something it started out as a little thing here, and it just escalated totally out of control. Uh, I I have to agree with that. Thank you, Jerry. Okay, who is next? We'll get one more before the break, but let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we've got Jody in Toronto. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. Libby, we're all three vax people here, uh, totally vaccinated with three doses, and we're thinking about venturing out to a restaurant to dine in. And a question came up, um, being vaccinated, totally vaccinated, we can still get the, the virus and still give it. And our question is, is it worse if you're infected by some other person that isn't vaccinated versus a person that is vaccinated? Um, that's an interesting question. I can't say that I really know the answer. I don't think so, because it, you're protected against the virus. And I would say that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. But you know what? Next time we talk to one of our health experts, I will ask. But I would think it's the same because the vaccine protects you. So the question is, to what extent is it protecting you wherever it comes from? Yeah, because we're thinking about the vaccine passports and so on. Like, it's okay, it's good to know that other people are vaccinated totally, but we can still give it and get it. And anyway, yep. may I make one comment about sure. the um, the convoys? Sure. These people are doing what they're doing because they can. We don't seem to enforce any of our laws. We let things get out of hand, like totally out of hand, before anybody steps in to do something, and by then it's a crisis. Well, you got that. You know, they do the same thing with the uh, homeless encampments and the parks. They allow these things to go on for months and months and months. They allow these uh, communities to get established, and people are living there. And then one day they say, okay, no, this is against the law. Well, it was against the law months ago. Why wasn't that enforced when the first tent went up? 
why wasn't this convoy thing enforced when the first truck blocked the blocked the traffic? Because they didn't take it seriously enough. They didn't have good intelligence. That's my answer. And and it just costs us. I mean, it's going to probably end up in violence of some sort, like it did with the encampments. And it costs us dearly in our tax dollars to to look after these things. These politicians, you know, they they play these political games instead of nipping something in the bud. They let it escalate to this where it becomes this fiasco, and it's oh, it's horrible. Okay, thank you for that, Jody. Thank you for taking my call, Libby. You're welcome. Uh, I'll say, that, I mean, I think it's clear in this case, uh, it was a mistake. It was a mess up. It was a screw up. And, you know, um, I guess they're human. They, they mess up. But, um, you know, the preventing this from taking hold like that is obviously a better solution than trying to get rid of it. I'm looking at the clock. I've got to take another break. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, and we're talking about the state of emergency in Ontario. We're talking about that convoy uh, protest slash siege in Ottawa at the Ambassador Bridge. It's backing things up really badly in Sarnia, which is the alternative route. We've had the mayors saying, hey, stop arguing about jurisdictions and do something. And uh, we have yet to see if the measures just announced in the last hour by Doug Ford will do any good to make these people go home. We have a lot of controversy uh, about what they're trying to do, uh, you know, some some people, including me, say it's hard to know what they want to do, really. I think they're angry about a lot of things. Uh, let us go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Uh, doing good. It's the weekend. Go ahead. So I uh, I, I lay the, uh, the success of this at uh, Justin Trudeau's feet. You know, he went out and he slandered them. And it's nothing short of slander to call them racist and misogynist. And uh, before they even left, before they even arrived in Ottawa, one of the uh, Islamic associations in Canada called them Islamophobic. I've heard them called white supremacist on your show at least twice. Well, I think, just let me, let me just interject. I don't think they, as... A group. I think one of their organizers has a history of that, at least one, and possibly a few more. So, so let's just be clear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. There was what one, one yeah. Nazi flag, and there was one uh, Confederate flag. So you know, this is basically this has involved hundreds of thousands of people lining highways across the country. So you know what? You can always find a couple of bad actors in a crowd. Um. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's my point that I really want to make. Yeah. If you really want to be informed on this, I read an article in National Post by an Indian woman. I can't remember her name. I think it's Rupa, uh, whatever. Supermania, she, I think, yeah. Go ahead. You know, she, she went down there, and she spent a few days with them, and she interviewed these people. Then they wrote, she wrote this article, and it's basically about how they've been smeared. And there's another guy. He's a Montreal lawyer. And he's turned into a vlogger. And he's got like 30 hours of live coverage just walking up and down the streets there. And there is no hatred. It's basically a party atmosphere. There's nothing, there's no foul language. It's almost a family atmosphere. And I encourage you also to consume Candace Malcolm's content on this. Because what what we're being told and what we're being led by, even on your station, mainstream media, is absolutely it, it's false. Okay, I I, 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 I just 
some of it is what you describe. And, uh, you know, this week, big news, a member of the Quebec caucus, uh, he, he broke with Trudeau. He said Trudeau has been doing what, exactly what you say he's been doing, dividing people, name calling, uh, all of that. Uh, so yes, and, and it's interesting. So you're putting the blame on Trudeau. Earlier in the show, somebody called in and they put all the blame on Doug Ford. And I say, you know, they all have, they, they, they all have, there's plenty of blame to share. And I agree with you that, that they may have been smeared. But to say that things that we've reported that happened didn't happen, well, you know, there was a portion of it w- which was all bouncy castles and and carnival atmosphere, but other unsavory things happened. And I know some of the people it happened to. So, you know, what can I say? We're we're both right. And yes, um, that one thing. What? Go ahead. I bet you a lot of those people must be people living in condos that are really disturbed. I bet you that the CBC's uh, 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 what do they call them, Parliament Hill coverage crew that live down there? <laughs> They're probably the only ones, you know, they must have 3,000 people in those apartments around there. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think, you know, I used to live in Ottawa and cover Parliament Hill about, well, there are probably more condos since then. You know what, anybody buying a house in, in recent years has got to get a condo because uh, everything else is uh, out of sight. Bill, thanks for your call. Have a good weekend. You too, bye-bye. Let us go to Nelson and Strathroy. Good afternoon, Libby. How are you? Fine. Um, I see you got a couple of uh, admirers there earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, now, some of these people saying they lose their jobs because uh, government overreach, but they don't say that they're also getting payments from the government because they've lost their jobs. Now, that's that's the funny thing with it. Uh, COVID, there was a lot of COVID payments. There's a lot of CERB payments. Everyone likes to complain, and they have their hands outreach for payments, but when the time comes, they like to complain all the time. Mm-hmm. So why, why are they always the first ones to, to reach out, give me money, and then they complain when the things don't go their way? Like that's, I think, what this rally is all about, it, the, the complications. If you don't make the right decision or in favor of what the government states, you go out and complain and demonstrate if you, if, because that's, that's what it is. It's a complaint. Uh, um, I can't get the right word now. It's, it's not a reward. It's, when we grow up, if you make the right decision, you're great. If it's not, it's, so yeah. that's, that's okay. the issue. Okay, Nelson. Thanks for that. Uh, like I said, I think this is a, a whole grab bag of all kinds of anger um, and people being uh, fed up or whatever after the pandemic. Let's go to Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. I, my biggest concern about all of this is the flouting of the rule of law. And it's not just in Canada. It it seems to be a worldwide um, phenomenon that is seems to be growing and spreading. And the difficulty with that is, is that if sufficient numbers of people engage in lawless behavior and, and flout those laws, we... We lose control of uh, of our democracy, and to some extent, that is what is happening. And my second point is, with, with respect to one of the callers, it he was talking about people living in the condos in Ottawa. There, there were there are people who are out of work. The Rideau Mall, all of those people are off the job, and so this is this has a much broader impact. Not to mention the border crossings, and I'll I'll leave it at that and, and listen to your program. Have a great weekend. Okay, uh, thank you for that, Dennis. Yeah, we didn't we didn't even mention the Rideau Center. So at the beginning of the week, I think they it it had been closed for a week, and they said that's. $20 million in sales, and that's going to have a cascading effect. It's the people who work there. It's the people who own those businesses who have to be paying rent. That is a big loss, and that's just one. That is just one. Let's let's take a call from Colleen in Oakville. Hi, Colleen. Good 
Good morning, Libby. I just finished watching um, Pierre Trudeau when we had the crisis in 1970, when he called in the military. And uh, in my view, these truckers are basic terrorists with what they've been doing and how they've been, you know, um, acting towards um, people with different opinions and bringing in money from the U.S. It sounds to me like it's a terrorist group. So why wouldn't they bring in the military uh, and and talk to these truckers to get them out and help our police force? Well, that's that's a pretty strong measure. This is a democracy. I remember that during the October crisis, the FLQ crisis, uh, a cabinet minister was kidnapped and murdered. Uh, and right. that is a whole other level of things. So well, they did have a protest of. 7,000 students and people and the military did certainly move all of those people out near the parliament building. Right. But what I'm saying is that uh, there were there were worse things happening before that happened. And and Trudeau Pair and Trudeau Son are, are not the same. And, you know, this is a democracy. And, you know, the politicians of all the different parties are mindful that they're not supposed to direct the police. And if you look at countries where the police are directed by the politicians, they are dictatorships. I don't think we want to live in that. But, you know, this thing has to end. Yes, I agree. Okay, well, I just wanted to find that out, because when you watch Pierre Trudeau, he sort of had it all all in hand. So I'm just hoping that Justin follows through. Okay, thanks for that, Colleen. Uh, interesting, yesterday our guest was Perrin Beattie from the Canadian uh, Chamber of Commerce, and I remember when I was a very young reporter, he was a very young cabinet minister, and he had a number of portfolios, and one of them was defense, I forget the years, and he said yesterday he doesn't think... Uh, that the military should be called in and that it should be the uh, emergency, the War Measures Act is what Pierre Trudeau called into account. Uh, I guess Beatty was involved in updating that, but th- that really is a, well, let's hope that um, it can be solved at the level that we are at now. Bad enough. Okay. Brian and Lindsay. Hello, Brian. Hi, Libby. Uh, you know, yes, the one and two Trudeau is not the same. Well, that's certainly an understatement. Uh, Justin did not inherit uh, Pierre's intellect or brains, that's for sure. I think he got his mother's. But, uh, you know, I think this is just being allowed to happen on purpose. I think, you know, he's a very divisive prime minister. He wants to divide the country because he has his own agenda and he you know he wants to blame it on well it's going to be the insurrectionists it's going to be the terrorists the white supremacists and the the nazis and the racists he's going to blame everybody else so he wants to see basically governing this country fall apart so he could turn around and try to make it into as he stated before the first post-nation state that's why I think it's going on here. That thing at the border should have been nipped in the bud within the first hour. Uh, but it was allowed to go on. I wouldn't be surprised if the border guards got uh, notice. No, don't do anything about it. Oh, I'd that's like way, to hear about that, Brian. That's I think I think you're uh, you're going a little far with with uh, that kind of conjecture. You're right. It should have been nipped in the bud, and it was the job of the Ottawa police. To do that, I mean, uh, a lot of people agree that Pierre Trudeau is uh, being divisive. Pierre Trudeau, sorry, (laughs) Justin Trudeau is being divisive. But to to bring up a whole conspiracy, uh, I don't know. Thanks for your call. Okay, Daryl in Toronto. Hello, Daryl. Hello there. I just wanted to comment that basically, what's going on with you know? You don't want to call them terrorists or whatever, but it's it's a mob that's going on there. And we don't want to be subjected to mob rule. I mean, I I can't see how Justin Trudeau wants to be giving mandates on anything, really. 
but everyone should realize the government, every level of government, has been three weeks to six weeks behind on the play since we started this whole pandemic in terms of, you know, getting vaccines and everything. And so they're, you know, they're, they're slow to do it, but need to be patient and it's all going to happen. And the idea of like, there's good people out there with all this. So they're providing cover for the people who aren't the good ones and they need to clear out of the way so you can see what's really going on. Okay. Thanks for that, Daryl. Have a good week, everyone. You too. Be safe. Okay, I'm going to take a first-time caller, Mary and Edgar. And Mary, we're, uh, it, this has to be really brief because we're almost out of time. Okay. Hi, Mary. 30 Hi, seconds. How are you? Fine. Um, I, you know, everybody's entitled to their, to their own opinions, and I, and, and I get that. But I think that the anti-vaxxers, if you get sick, then the cost to make you better should come out of your pockets. Well, you know, uh, the premier of Quebec thought that for a while, and then he changed his mind. But but that's how I feel. I mean, yeah. they, they want to go on about their rights. and but, but what about my right to live without getting sick? Absolutely. you're not getting vaccinated. I mean, I, I have breast cancer. And I'm waiting on a bilateral mastectomy. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Both breasts removed. And my surgery keeps getting postponed. I'm very sorry to hear that. We've covered that here, too. And and I'm a breast cancer survivor. And uh, congratulations. Thanks. And the delays for people in getting cancer treatment are one of the absolute worst things about this. And Mary, uh, call back another time. We are totally out of time. Thank you, Mary. Oh, and you're all very the welcome. best Thank to you. you for taking my call. All the best to you. And uh, yeah, we are out of time and over time. This isn't going away. Uh, or maybe it is. That'd be great. But uh, we can talk about it again on Monday when we are back here. Everyone have a great weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.